0: five movies this is one of your co host chris gasper this is frank pelican you are listening to episode 183 and tonight we're uh completing one of our return slot episodes and this week we will be focused on 2008 speed racer uh written and directed by Lily and lana wachowski it stars Emil hirsch a uh, speed racer christina ricci as trixie john goodman is pops susan sarandon as mom Matthew Fox as Racer X, and Roger Alum as E.P. Arnold Royalton. Um, <clears throat> Frank, this came up, uh, you just watched it when you were on vacation,
1: if I remember correctly, right? Uh, yeah, when I was on my flight back from, this would have been from Bangkok to the U.S.? No, oh, no, no, from Doha to the U.S., I think.
0: Okay yeah and and i know this has come up at some point in the past like even before that in the past like four or five months uh off air between us um there's some part of me that feels like i've been thinking about this movie maybe since we talked about scott pilgrim a few months ago like off and on it's been like popping into my mind and i guess there's probably reasons for that yeah Um, but um i wasn't i wasn't aware until the past few months that you like this movie um uh when when you saw it so when did you so just I guess give me your history with this I know that you know the cartoon really well and then like when did you see this and what did
1: you think when you first saw it um so I have a question first before we get into that and this is not me being pedantic I'm really just curious Uh so when the Wachowskis directed this movie they were not is it Lana and Lily Wachowski is that right Lily and Lana yeah okay they were I can't remember what their names were before you know they transitioned. Yeah. So, is it inappropriate to call them that because that's what they were when this movie came out? You're dead naming dead naming them if you do that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't know enough about like what the protocol is there. Yeah. I just you, I'll you just should... say the Wachowskis because that's like the safest. Yeah, that... and
0: they do that often. I think uh, anymore is that's how they often. uh uh, inter- like in movies and television shows and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I
1: wouldn't mean it to be disrespectful, but it's yeah. like Elliot Page, you know. I mean, right, for the longest yeah. time, and Page. So, yes, yes, yeah. But, but yeah, know. You, you go even in the past, you go by whatever their current name is. Okay. Um, I saw it, I guess, in 2011, maybe. Um, I had no desire to see this movie when it came out because I am not a fan of the Wachowskis in general. Um, Especially at this point, because this is post-Matrix Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I was really soured on them in terms of their... Um, sure. Uh, creative output, especially after the third Matrix movie, which I think is a fucking abomination. Um, so, I just ignored it. Uh, and then, I guess when I was... Because I didn't have cable for a long time either, so I really didn't even like pay attention that much to... Cable or the internet, so I didn't really pay much attention to, like, upcoming releases and stuff outside of what we would talk about or what was really big. And I think maybe there was, like, some hype for this on Any Cool News, and that kind of turned me off of it, too. Mm. Um. So, anyway, so 2011, I think, on HBO or Cinemax or something, I'm watching, and it's on, and I was like, fine, like, I'll just, like, tune in and see what it looks like. Um, And super impressed with not only the visuals, but the... Um, like really faithful recreation of that world in what felt like a hyper realistic but believable way out of like the comic book world and then like almost like perfectly capturing certain things that not comic book but cartoon world per, almost perfectly capturing things that um, I really loved and remembered from, from my childhood from watching the show Um mm-hmm so speed racer when i was a kid and i didn't know it at the time but that was my first introduction to anime Mm -hmm. Uh, and when i was young so it was when we lived in baltimore so i'd say i was probably like four or five uh speed racer was on i think every day during the week um so i had seen it turns out probably about 85 percent of speed racer as a show um or at least what was released in america so I was very familiar with, like, all the storylines and with, like, Racer X and um, all the characters that exist in this movie that are, you know, really good recreations of their their comic book counterparts. Um, And I was just impressed with the way the Wachowskis, like, captured that visual flair, um, made it really interesting to watch, and also kind of, I wouldn't say made it adult, because I don't think it's, like, it's not, like, that grotesque thing where, like, there's all, like, kinds of innuendo and stuff in it. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's It's still, like, a relatively mature story when you consider that it's about, like, you know, the death of a family member and, you know, corporate, like, um, betrayal and whatever, so, um, but the story was really captivating to me as a kid, and I love, like, the Mach 5 is, I think, one of, like, the cleanest and best designed, um, vehicles in, like, all of, uh, pop culture, especially from, like, that time period, um, My father used to, like, mock Speed Racer, Uh, so he would, like, pretend like he was moving in slow motion and go, like, ah, like, all the time, Um, and still on occasion, like, we'll make that joke, so. But, yeah, like, I had a lot of, I had Speed Racer Matchbox cars when I was a kid, Um, you know, watched a cartoon every day, so just really impressed by it in 2011, and then, honestly, like, kind of forgot about it after that and Mm -hmm. I never even watched the whole movie until I was on my plane Uh because I came in like probably like 30 minutes into the movie right um so watching it on the flight home um really like still impressed and probably more impressed now I think um just with some perspective on it especially because I wasn't expecting anything at the time and now I was kind of sort of like knew that there would be something to like look forward to in the movie so yeah (laughs) yeah i think i i think the only reason
0: i ended up watching it honestly well i mean i was taken in by it and found it interesting but i I think i watched it whenever it came on hbo i don't remember back in 2008 how that worked but so it was probably like oh nine ten somewhere in there um i came in like five minutes into it i think um late one night on hbo and uh was like okay let me check this out and if you remember Emil I was like I was like rooting for Emil Hirsch um back then like thinking he was going to be like the next like you know big actor um which uh didn't pan out for him but so i ended up watching it and yeah i, I remember really enjoying it and thinking it was extremely unique and now 15 years later um And I wasn't paying attention to the critical response to it back then, anything like that. I've learned years later, you know, that it wasn't received well critically. Um, And maybe I understood it, but I don't have any perspective really on the cartoon. I know I've seen a few episodes here and there, but I don't remember it being on when I was a kid. Um, I didn't see it until, I guess, maybe like episodes of my late teens, maybe It, it came on the Cartoon Network or something like that. Right. Possibly. Um, so I don't, I didn't really have like, you know, much of, uh, much of a background in knowing, and I just knew kind of like the general story of like racer X, like from reading online and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so having watched it completely like this time around, like, um, what are, what are the things that really impress you about this movie?
1: So the basic premise of speed racer is ridiculous in the sense of like, the physics defying cars that have all the super um hyper engineered like parts and can do all the different things. Um and it's not something that you watch a movie like like the Fast and the Furious series, and that's probably the closest parallel in terms of like ridiculous action to Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. Um but they fall flat because they're they try so hard to ground most of those movies in like a semblance of reality mm-hmm. that when you see you know a friggin charger fly across a frig like a huge chasm because Vin Diesel's holding onto a rope right it it's it's ridiculous right, right. but in this movie because it's a perfect it's it's crazy because it's exactly what George Lucas was. Trying for in the Star Wars prequel movies, Mm. which is a perfect blend of human beings interacting with an environment that's a seamless combination of CGI and practical elements. Mm -hmm. So they're in a physical world sometimes. And I think part of that charm is because it's so based in like 1970s kitsch culture. Mm hmm. So a mixture of like fifties aesthetic with like like kind of the postmodern seventies, but then this almost like Jetson esque um, perception of what the future is going to be mm-hmm. that they're able to use like real sets mixed with like CGI and it's kind of believable and not not believable, but you can suspend your disbelief in a natural way. And enjoy it without like rolling your eyes or thinking like, "Oh, this is ridiculous." Sure. Um, it captures the kinetic energy of because Speed Racer is early anime, um, along with stuff like Astro Boy and like Simba or Kimba, not Simba. Um, so it's very much almost like a live action comic strip mm-hmm. in this in the way that stuff is blocked in the way that scenes are composed and um like a lot of times and if you're not familiar with the cartoon like you might not like recognize this but a lot of times like the action is set almost in the way that you would see it in like um like a Will Eisner panel where it's like frame 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 of the figure moving like slightly different poses along the way Mm -hmm. and they would do that to show like tension or like heightened danger in Speed Racer and I think they capture that here, with the way that like the actors are blocked, and the way that the Wachowskis film, um, even just like small scenes. Like there's an amazing scene where S- Speed has like defied his father, and he's gone off to race in this super dangerous like off-road criminal race, basically. <laughs> and Chim um, Chim and uh, his younger brother, um, should I can not remember that character's name now? uh hold on i didn't write that one down um uh spurtle yeah spurtle spurtle racer who's his brother in uh chim chim who's the um the monkey that's spurtle's pet and chimpanzee sorry um and also like is a helper around like the the racer family garage so they're watching this illicit race that the father has forbidden them to watch and it's like, and with I mean, Goodman is like perfect in that yeah. role. Um, yeah. uh, playing the... God damn, what did I fucking do? <laughs> yeah, here we go. Um, perfect play in that role of uh, Pops Racer. And it's just like, it's it's borderline slapstick, but it's not over the top and it's not um grotesque, I don't know like there's I, I I think that I think it shows a real true appreciation and love for the source material that you don't see like it doesn't become like over the top ridiculous, but it's still funny, and it still has this like hyperkinetic sense of movement, emotion, and almost over exaggerated like reactions but it's not quite like that. I don't know. I just I really um uh, I really dig like all of that stuff. So
0: Yeah, so I'm thinking of a specific scene. It's when the ninjas attack them at night and yeah, John seems Goodman hilarious. Yeah, John Goodman is like spinning like, you know, uh one of them like in a circle. And you could when they cut to Richie and sarandon you could really go over the top with them spinning their heads. But it's like it's it's actually like underplayed a little bit like they're still like slightly with their heads, but mostly with their eyes, like following the spinning. Um, But they don't go so far over the top with it to where it becomes like a mockery or cartoonish. And so I think that's a good scene to illustrate the point that it's like they're they they don't go too far with some of that, like, you know, reaction type stuff.
1: So, here's one of the things that they do. um, Because, again, like, I was watching it, not really thinking, well, I was watching it because we had talked about, like, watching it for this, but also just because, like, I was really interested and I was trying to focus away from, like, the disgusting man sitting next to me (laughs) who kept, like, rubbing up against me. Um, They don't overuse slow motion, like, something like, Like, Peter Jackson would just... Half this movie would have been, like, hyper slow motion. Right. They slow down frames slightly and then speed them back up so that the effect is that you're not really losing any time with the slow motion, but it gives it, like, this rubber band effect to, like, Mm -hmm. the visuals sometimes. And in the scene you're talking about, that's something that happens where it'll be, like, slowed not slow motion, but like slow, slower, slower visual motion on an impact of like a kick or a punch and then speed back up to like show like the result of that impact. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty brilliant. And it's really kind of like one of the best, maybe the best use I've seen of capturing the feel of a comic, the feel of a cartoon while still like maintaining a you know like a realistic like visual narrative inside like this world that they're creating so i don't know i think it's um i think i think it's pretty brilliant the way they film this movie and the way they utilize special effects um and i love the racing stuff like that's another thing that i think is fantastic um it truly is just like watching the the cartoon in that sense um which is super cool in my opinion like i i love the fact that they don't you know it's like Uh, what's his name um uh snake oil right is that right Mm -hmm. um snake oiler uh so perfect like perfectly captures what that character is in the comic seeing like um the different gangs when they're racing along like that's pretty awesome stuff like gray ghosts and racer x and one of my favorite i think i mean he doesn't really do a whole lot but one of my favorite matthew um perfectly matthew fox performances because it's like exactly what that character needs to be yes um
0: yeah i mean jack like i mean look i don't think matthew fox has like the largest range in the world like overall but i mean um like a like the dour jack shepherd is exactly what that role needs and i think for the little bit of screen time that he gets like in it like 15 minutes maybe i think he like knocks out the park yeah
1: yeah I really um I really enjoy that performance I really like Christina Ricci as Trixie too Mm -hmm. and it was one of those so it's interesting because it's one of those shows where and there was some progressiveness in cartoons in like the 70s but for the most part women were still kind of relegated to sidekick roles in cartoons especially cartoons that were geared towards boys um but both Trixie and you know susan sarandon's mama racer are like pretty integral parts of like that team
0: yeah
1: and um the woman that's the uh, the japanese race team's uh, sister yeah um same thing and i was you know pretty impressed with like the way that i I, i'm a really big christina ricci mark anyway um but i like the way that she played that character and i like how much they gave that character to do kind of in the movie Instead of just being, like, eye candy or the romantic interest, like, she really is, you know, an important part of the plot. And mm-hmm. and I think Emile Hirsch, like, perfectly captures the character of Speed Racer. Like, it's crazy to say because, and again, like, if you haven't, if you didn't, like, really watch a lot of Speed Racer, there's not a whole lot going on there except him being, like, surprised at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the storyline is really mature for, like, a kid's show. And they maintain that maturity, and I think they give. I, I think Emil Hirsch particularly um, gives that character a decent amount of depth, and makes it a. Um... Yeah, for something that doesn't have enough,
0: a lot of depth. I think he gives it a lot of depth. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, and since we're just talking about the performances, I just want to note that it's like I think Roger Allum, um, and I'm not the first person to say this. Like he's doing like some sort of Christopher Hitchens impression. Um, like the 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 famed like atheist like he um but it's i think it's like one of the greatest like cartoon villains i've ever seen um i think that guy has the perfect facials um to just like show his villainy like i love his like you know sly wicked evil smiles that he like gives um i love the way he like delivers like you know the 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 villainish dialogue um it's almost like he's just like sitting there like tapping his fingertips like in front of him like at all times it feels like uh I, I really like i really love that performance a lot and i think um um he's something somebody that you like love to hate kind of thing and oh yeah definitely i i think he deserves a lot of credit for that
1: it's also a really great feeling when um when he gets his comeuppance like yes. it's it, it it's true it's like it's the perfect so it really in a lot of ways like it kind of captures the feeling of like an older Disney movie in that sense in that mm. like it's a cartoony villain that still feels like there's some danger to him and really like gets over on the heroes which is I don't know there there there's some great stuff in, in that performance and I think in all the performances yeah. in the movie And I think that's in height, I think it's heightened by the fact that they don't, they don't ever stop to, like, burden you with excessive backstory, they let it all happen through, like, the action and what's happening in the movie, and they keep it, like, moving so fast that, I don't know, I find it, like, really, um, again, it, like, it mirrors, like, the kinetic feeling of, like, speed that, you know, they're going for when you're watching, like, the Mach 5, like, barrel down the track or whatever, so
0: yeah um yeah I agree I mean I I I know enough of the cartoon just to understand like how like you're talking about like it, it it still captures like the feeling of that um I I know from research like that Lana stated what was it she they they were trying to assault um, visually assault like every aesthetic. Possible, um, in it, and so I I think they're going for this kind of like almost like post thing. So, um, as as Martin Weir would say, I think the visual fabric works on like different levels. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's like not only are they oh. like like adapting like something, um, you know, from fifty years ago, almost like they're they're also I think like jumping forward, like in term in the sense of like film, right. And there's so much stuff like the live action over CGI that you mentioned. Um, you know, the constant movement, um, the there there are a lot there's live action wipes over live action and, lo- and and CGI wipes over live action. Like, it's just like there's like using like characters um, like they do that with Royalton where it's like Royalton's like, you know, evil face will wipe across the screen right um while a race is going on and then other characters will wipe in from the right and it's like you know you're and what it is is like the nothing stops it's still moving um in terms of like what's in the background of the scene which is usually the race but you're still seeing the reactions of these people like at the same time and like that's the kind of stuff that i think is like way ahead of its time in some ways um and I think like these like the the constant movement of the camera, like you know especially during external scenes um and establishing shots keeps everything moving yeah um there's a there's a lot that they're doing that's like way ahead of its time, and i I think that's really interesting, and I don't think I appreciated that nearly fifteen years ago as much as I do now um because now i think you see those things and i think it's just like more common to see that kind of stuff yeah um a little bit more and so when and, and the visual I, I this visual aesthetic i i want to talk about that because it's the biggest criticism of this movie um it was a 41% from critics on rotten tomatoes um and it's like so like if you read the reviews you constantly get these jibes like uh about like you know it'll only appear it's too much visually like it's eye candy or sickening eye candy uh it'll only appeal to x type and those x types could be young boys 12 year old boys 10 year old boys what was it uh kirk honeycutt said gamers fanboys and anime enthusiasts is all will like appeal to um, so it was a common, like almost like uh mad lib, whereas like, you know, the visuals will only appeal to this group. Um, and it's like you could just copy and paste in like every negative review.
1: And so I got a, I mean, yeah, I got a lot to say about that whenever you're Yeah,
0: so I think that But it it definitely is an
1: older group during that
0: time, like, you know, obviously. Um, And then there's the audience reviews, if you go back and look at them far enough back around that time period, 08, um, tend to focus more again on adults, and adults feeling almost betrayed by the fact that this is a kids movie and a family movie. And then they had to go watch this, and they thought the visuals were like overwhelming, too much, sickening, bad. (laughs) Um, So during the time period this was released it faced heavy criticism from both critics and audiences um but yeah go
1: ahead um what you want to say in response so i don't know that like those reviews are necessarily wrong but it's not the right audience right like the wachowskis were just 10 years ahead of where they should have been at this point and so you're you're at the beginning of really like the acceptance of things like superhero movies and star Wars and all this stuff as This is the same round man, right? Roundly accepted mass consumed pop culture. Right. Cause, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like when I was young, anime was a niche thing that you didn't talk about watching because it was embarrassing. Like you really weren't supposed to read comics after a certain age. So you didn't talk about how much you liked you know, X-Men and Spider-Man and you couldn't talk about D&D and like all these things that like I loved as a kid and even like as a a young adult, teenager adult, they weren't things that you could like openly discuss because it was frowned upon. Like, oh, you're, you know, at best like a nerd or a geek and at worst like you're some kind of pervert or like man-child or something. So nothing you could discuss. And I think that that's emblematic of not only like you know you're on the edge of the boomer reviewers like at this point in time Mm -hmm. like you don't have as much in terms of you're just starting to build things like ign and screw attack and even like ain't it cool like is kind of like in its nascent stages at this well i guess it's like in full bloom but yeah it's still kind of like its own like niche thing right but it's becoming okay to be like a geek and a nerd and now you've got i mean shit you could never have admitted in 2008 if you were an adult that you watched like naruto or bleach or one piece mm-hmm. or whatever and now every, like people from all different like social backgrounds and cultures and races and whatever like will openly admit to watching anime or enjoying superhero movies or loving star wars or being into dnd or you know collecting toys like there's all kinds of things that weren't okay in 2008 or at least weren't like as openly discussed that are now like much more you know like accepted and embraced right and i think you see that with and there's something else we talked about from around this time where i kind of felt the same way about it um it's also the same thing we talk about with horror movies like not to like stretch the analogy too far but you couldn't enjoy horror movies in the 90s because oh you were like a sicko or you know you need to grow up and watch like like an adult movie you know like oh that's for you know horny teenagers like whatever but mm-hmm. now horror is a accepted and like widely embraced genre right sure and it's the same thing because people like us like myself and you and like our friends who were into these things when we were young like now we're the driving consumer force in the country and we're we've raised a gen raised a generation of children who we've taught to accept the fact that it's okay to like this stuff because this stuff is cool and enjoyable Mm -hmm. and so we've kind of moved away from the idea that you need like this stuff needs to be derided or like something looking like an anime is somehow a bad thing when in reality like it's the perfect encapsulation of you know this pop culture i don't know like an icon or phenomena or whatever whatever you want to call speed racer Mm -hmm. and a thing that was truly like a lot of people's first introduction to some to anime right i mean in all honesty for most kids in my generation like my age um you either saw astro boy or you were watching speed racer or you were seeing stuff like um Battle of the Planets was another thing, like the Gatchaman stuff. Um, Transor Z, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but like the Mazinger stuff. Like all these things were things that were cartoons that were on the mornings and Saturday mornings that we were watching that was anime, that was our introduction to it. And it just got to, you know, it had to take us being like the major like money spenders in this country to get to the point where it became okay. You know, right. if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. yeah no. It, it, and
1: it's... as much as I dislike some things that Wachowskis do, and I don't always think that they're, I think they're a little too over the top sometimes with like pushing agenda when they make movies, mm-hmm. they definitely are ahead of their time and always like super into the things that they're making. Like, it yes. may not be my cup of tea, but they always are incredibly invested, and you can tell that there's, like, a true love for the story and the characters and the visual style, and especially the Mach 5. Like, these people, like, are in love with the fucking, like, vehicles in these in the show. Mm-hmm. And me, too. Like, I think the Mach 5 is still, like, one of the most aesthetically pleasing um, vehicles in, in pop culture.
0: Yeah, I I mean I to some degree this like I know it's also like there's some criticism of the script in the story um <clears throat> of people saying that like characterization is absent or nonsensical and that it's like a bare thread plot. Um I actually think that the story is like the 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 mechanics of the story is somewhat complex or at least more complex than I would expect it to be based off of a cartoon. Um <clears throat> and i do think the actors do a good job at like adding characterization for something that is but this is almost like a fairy tale to me like um like this story like it's like uh it's like elevated like almost like in the sense of like uh archetypes like you know each of these characters like and sure. um i i don't understand like i think as like a as an adaptation i guess for cartoon but it's just as a kid's movie i'm just looking at it from that perspective i i think this works really well when you like talk about like you know some movies they have agendas i mean sure there's an anti-capitalist sentiment in this right but i mean like at the same time like the core like theme of this is about family um and about family looking out for each other and like you know like helping each other out and like working together like you know and respecting one another um so of course there are archetypes like mom you know pops racer and mom racer and um like everybody working together and i i I think this is a really good movie for kids overall
1: yeah i agree Um, with that
0: i and like uh, and i mean look they've deal with family in a lot of different ways in a lot of different of their works but i mean i think this is the purest um uh way in which they ever deal with it uh overall um the only thing i would credit the only slight criticism i would have is especially for a kid's movie is i do think it's a little long
1: yeah it was i was surprised by how long it was i didn't really i'm sure when i watched it in 2011 i was like doing three other things while i was watching it yeah um it's two
0: hours and 15 minutes and and that's a bit long for a kid's movie i think or something that's directed towards children Um, but that's my only like real criticism of it is, and I do think it meanders probably about three quarters of the way through a little bit. Um, and that's where I start sensing that time, um,
1: a little bit. And I would argue that probably part of that is because again, like you can see the passion that they have for the series Mm -hmm. and it's definitely them just being very precious towards like telling as much of the story as they can. Yeah. So you you've watched the series. Um so
0: how much of the series is encapsulated in this? Um like do, is is this a lot. The, is that the ending of the series to some degree? I've you never
1: i I've never seen the ending of the cartoon, okay. I have no idea. Okay. Um Definitely the race stuff. The stuff of the Evil Corporation um the race with like the whatever they call the off-road race that's all in there um him getting to go to compete in like the grand circuit or whatever they call it that's Mm -hmm. in there okay um all the stuff with racer x and the question of whether or not racer x is speed's brother that's actually more not developed but definitely like brought up more in the anime where there's always constant questions about is racer x like rex you know speeds like missing brother um yeah a lot of those the characters are all in there the cars are all in there you know i mean like snake oiler and the mammoth car and um racer x car and like all those like everything is in the anime and it's it's pretty faithfully recreated in the movie Mm -hmm. trixie's role chim chim um, Sprite, like all those characters, you know, yeah, exist and like fill those roles pretty exactly. Which, again, I think it's probably part of the reason why it's so long is because these they're really the Wachowskis are really trying to like encapsulate like all those things as much as they can. Um, you know, maybe to a fault, but I still think that it works.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really enjoyable movie. And, um, you know, following up like with the older critics, it's like this is this and um bound um are two movies in the past like you know so many years that have <coughs> been under reevaluation it seems from um bound in terms of uh lgbtqia community um looking at that now and re-examining it and, and finding value a lot more value in it than there was at the time and uh then this has been reevaluated by young people that saw it when they were young and didn't have a platform really to discuss it and now that they're older and getting into criticism or like having access to the internet and posting about it like seeing like people talk about it and like oh yeah i love that movie um it's gained like a bit more of a cult following now and it's been reappraised positively among younger critics um which is really interesting like to your point like you you know and i think that makes perfect sense what you said about like a a new generation kind of being raised um to to see that it's okay and now that generation has their own like kind of like buying power (laughs) and voice and and they can express that um yeah, I, I never, mean, like, I, I guess I never really thought about it before. It's like I think about Chuck, which I think came out the year before this. Um, the very first episode, the very end of the very first episode, uh, his his friend in college tells him because it's like ninety nine, like when they do that scene, um, in in story in the show. But he he tells him that um that the two thousands are going to be the decade of the geek. Um, and it's like that really is what it was in some ways. Is like the the acceptance of that like and then now like the fulfillment of it in the past
1: yeah
0: 13 some years oh the thing is
1: too is like and i don't blame my my parents for this at all because it was just the i don't know it was uh, just commonly accepted it's like you were expected to stop playing with toys at a certain age and you shouldn't watch cartoons at a certain age and you know go out and do something adult like mow the yard or right i don't know right? you <laughs> yeah, know what i mean that's but it's really like funny. yes i do yeah <laughs> like okay. with with frankie with my son you know let's buy the new pokemon game together and we'll play it at the same time and let's like you know hey let's watch goonies or something or these movies that i liked when i was a kid and yeah inter- like you want to watch cartoons like there's nothing wrong with like us sitting down and watching spongebob for a couple hours on a saturday like i don't know like yeah and then maybe part of that was adults were just expected to like spend time with adults and you weren't supposed to you know have like you put your childish pursuits aside or whatever that fucking like i'm paraphrasing it childish things um whereas like we've had more luxury of kind of remaining child not really childlike because i think that we have to deal with a lot of shit but i like understanding that sometimes having you know i mean it's something that we talked about before like on the podcast and then offline with our friends you know i collect things that i liked when i was a child because it makes me feel good you know like it's it's a comfort to me and i like to watch things i watched when i was a kid or you know, play video games that I played when I was a kid because it's comforting to do that. And I think that, I think we've instilled that in our the generation that we're raising. And I think that that'll help to even, and I don't think it makes anybody soft or weak. I think it's just like a good way for you to, well, I mean, I, I don't know the how awful much... stress of the world.
0: Yes. I, I, I think I want to turn this into like some sort of like, um, referendum or defense of gen x but i mean like i i think that we i I know that like mental health is like you know become this thing that's associated with millennials but i mean um i do think that like I, i just don't think we talked about it i think people might have passed it on to their younger siblings or their kids and stuff like that, potentially. But, I mean, I think Gen X just didn't talk about it, and I think Gen X, like, focused on, like, to some degree, like, maintaining their mental health through childish things um, long before it was being discussed in some ways. Uh, and I think that's, like you said, the awful things in a world. It's like, you know, it's like all you got to do is open up a website and see, like, every single day, like, you know, something different. I mean, like, you know, we were just dealing with, you know you know smoke you know like for the past like three days right. like a, a, a cru- you know like this like a, and then like seeing the pictures in new york and it's like the the damn apocalypse it looks like um and it's like you can see it outside your door now rather than just on a website or on the news and yeah i mean so you just shrink into like you try to protect your mental health and like you know find some kind of contentment in life you know or escape um through these things and uh yeah i mean i think film does that i think movies you know movies do that i think games do that i think um your collecting of action figures does that like um and yeah i think that it's like now like instilled that it's okay to do those things um i think that's a good thing overall i agree i don't think it makes people weak um at all Um, it's better than like killing yourself like you know uh, by overworking with a heart attack by the time you're, you know, oh, well, I'll
1: do that too, but at least I'll die with Well, well
0: our generation will keep, will continue to do that, but, um, but it, it, maybe the next one won't. Right? Yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know if you know about the history. They tried to make this movie for 20 years, um, almost. Um, and I thought some of the key things were fascinating. Um, in the original '94 version, when they first started like talking about it. <clears throat> I think it was, like, 88 when they got the rights or something like that. Um, in a 94 version, Henry Rollins was going to play Racer X.
1: Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. That's a good choice.
0: Yeah, and then like number, number of directors over the years, like, dropped in and out. Like, Gus Van Zandt was, like, you know, on board to direct it at one point. Um, I think that was a Johnny Depp version as Speed Racer. Um, and then
1: he's too angular to be speed racer. speed racer's gotta have some roundness to him mm. and then
0: uh I'm trying to think uh abrams at one point was attached to direct it like in the early 2000s i think um but it, i'm trying to think there was one other thing that i thought was like interesting and it's not coming to me now um oh vince vaughn in 04 actually, I think it was, um, came on to produce and tried to bring it back into production again. And he wanted to play Racer X, um, uh, in, in a version. And they, they all just like eventually like fell through. Um, it wasn't until the Wachowskis kind of like used their Matrix and D4 Vendetta influence to like get, you know, allow like Warner Brothers allow them to do this. um, and Warner Brothers kind of like it seemed like regretted it overall because they thought even if the movie didn't do well, and they were very disappointed with the box office on this, it didn't do well. But they thought they were going to be able to. They spent tons of money in merchandising,
1: like yeah, tons. Oh yeah, I remember the toys and stuff because thought they thought they were, awesome were going to make them. a.
0: They thought they were going to make a like, and they they basically they put speed race on everything that they could think of. Um, thinking that was still going to be like a like this big, like this kind of like you know, at least hit enough that and uh, yeah, like it's um, it's like considered like one of the worst bombs like ever, like overall in terms of like how much was spent on it. And um, but yeah, uh, but nowadays, uh, you know, kind of like a, a strong cult movie. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it's you know, evaluated another 10 years,
1: yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to watch again. Um, uh, it's always nice to discover or rediscover a movie that you kind of forgotten about, and especially just because like it's so so enjoyable. I think so.
0: In terms of, I know they're different movies, but in terms of adapting a kind of, because this was a manga first, right?
1: Yes, I the think so. Cartoon.
0: Um, I don't know. For in terms, sure. of, but but in terms of adapting, like kind of like anime-esque like material do you think this does a better job or scott pilgrim visually only
1: speaking uh so like, two different things to you being a um cultural snob i guess or something mm-hmm. i don't uh-huh. consider scott pilgrim to be anime scott okay. pilgrim is a trash like western cartoon or comic book to me mm-hmm. um i actually can't stand the visual style of scott pilgrim and i feel like it's like I don't know. I hate it personally. You mean the comic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the comics at all. I think they're very, um, I think they're trying to be Chuck Jones by way of like anime, and it just doesn't work to me. Like, I think it's just kind of lame overall. And I think that the movie is a much better encapsulation of that story. So I don't care for the comics, but yeah. Um, so I think I think Speed Racer is a perfect adaptation, and I think Scott Pilgrim is. Like the Fight Club of comic book adaptations where the adaptation mm-hmm. far surpasses the source material.
0: Gotcha. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say about this?
1: Mm, they need to make a Transor-Z adaptation. That's what I want. You don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Transor-Z is an adaptation of a Japanese anime slash manga called Great Manzinger? Man- Man- Mazinger? Mm-hmm. i never say it right but it's like it's a giant robot where the pilot is in a little airplane or like space pod that like lands on the robot's head and then the robot flies around and like um it was it was brought to the u.s as shogun warriors in the 70s are you familiar with the shogun warriors yeah yeah those toys are like mm-hmm. the like two foot tall like giant robots and then there was like little die cast <laughs> ones right so one of those is Transor Z, which is a great Mainzinger, and one of my favorite like comics or um animes mm-hmm. from that time. So
0: no. there is a potential for a sequel to this still, like yeah. apparently in the air. Um, but um, I Richie's talked about it, like the Wachowskis talked about it very early on after this. Um, and of course, they didn't get the money. But, um, Emile Hirsch is the last person to talk about in 2019, um, uh, like, apparently he was saying that a script exists now for Speed Racer 2, but of course, Emile Hirsch wants there to be a Speed Racer 2, um, because his career, his nosedive since his assault charges and all that kind of stuff back in, whatever that was, 15, 16, um, where he's like doing like movies with like Bruce Willis and John Cusack and stuff like that. Like direct to video, like crime movies, like the cage movies, like the Russian cage movies and stuff like that. Um,
1: Yeah. So um, I guess, yeah, we just became persona non grata. Like I, I didn't really know anything about him. So yeah, I mean, he was, he was ascending
0: um, during this time. And then afterwards, like, you know, through like kind of like the ranks which is where i thought he was going to go eventually to be like kind of like um overall like a respected like dramatic yeah. actor like along the lines of like a death at one point or something like that and then it has just all fell apart like um, well, i mean he kind of took alcoholism stuff like yeah
1: that. i was gonna say some of the depth route with like short sure. hills and pills and booze yeah. yeah or at least like the river phoenix route i guess i don't know yeah but um
0: all right. So, yeah, I definitely, if you have never seen Speed Racer um, or uh, haven't seen in a long time, I would I would give it a shot. It's on H- or, sorry, Max um, right now and has been for a while. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely give it a shot. Um, yeah, it's
1: definitely worth watching. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back um, here in the next couple weeks.
1: And deuces.